Hi, this is Erin Jean. Welcome to another episode of the Business of Inner Peace. I'm super excited on this episode. We have Robin Sears. Robin is the founder of Above and Not Beneath. She coaches single moms and women worldwide to control the inner critic and respond differently to stresses of life. She believes life's challenges are often the most significant gifts and provides incredible growth opportunities. Robin has a wide variety of professional experience. She has taken the lessons she's learned and used them to bring awareness to the pending burnout you're likely feeling. Becoming curious about the physical and emotional relationship to stress will allow you to change your perspective. She also has a podcast under the same name to share more encouragement, positivity, and success stories about incredible human beings changing the world one action at a time. I'm so excited to let you listen in on the fantastic conversation that Robin and I shared, and it is my hope and prayer that it brings you so much value and joy. Welcome to the Business of Inner Peace. I'm your host, Erin Jean, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's pretend we're sitting in my living room enjoying a cup of coffee or tea and getting to know each other just a little better. That's what I love. I love getting to hear your story. I love feeling connected by the spirit of understanding that our stories bring. Today, I'm sharing some of my story, but I hope someday soon you'll be telling me yours. Listen, I know that you're feeling overwhelmed with life and nothing is exactly how you'd like it to be. Your marriage is not what you hoped for, motherhood is harder than you imagined, and you've lost yourself somewhere in the mix of responsibilities. Well, if you're ready to bring some more peace and joy into your life, reconnect with God who made you, and start living a life you love, then grab your cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's show. Thanks for being willing to connect with me. I was able to take a look at, you know, your profile and a little bit about what you do with above and not beneath. And it seems like really wonderful work that you're doing. I'm curious to know, because I noticed between your profile and then the um, podcast like mission that your profile seems more geared towards single moms but the mission seems like it's just about women. So I was curious about that. Like, is the is the mission of your podcast or maybe just your nonprofit, I guess, is a better statement, more just geared towards women? Is that right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think everything's always in, in flux, right? And it's kind of this creative process. And my, my, really my desire is to serve single moms. Mm-hmm. So that is predominantly the volunteer work that I do. And and all the work that I'm doing is actually geared towards single moms. However, um, the the podcast I have, I'm interviewing single moms okay. who are just telling their stories of the challenges they've been through to where they are today in an effort to provide the encouragement. Um, but what I've also found is that, you know, I've really connected with some women who aren't moms mm. and who just have some really compelling, powerful stories. And so I've told their stories, some of their stories as well. Because they're also very valuable. And there's a lot that we, I think as women, we can learn from each other. 
So um, the bulk of my work is with single moms. Awesome. That's a good clarification. What is your story that has brought you to work with single moms? So um, part of my story is I became a mom at 17 and uh, got married, which was, um, you know, has its, it's a mixed bag. And uh, statistically, uh, when you marry that young, um, you're 70, you're 70 percent likely to divorce. And so after 17 years of marriage and three children, we did, we divorced. And I had had the privilege of being a stay at home mom. I had um, so um, my husband was a little bit older than me. So after 17 years, now all of a sudden I'm faced with I have to support my children. And I have to go to work, which I certainly wasn't opposed to, but I had never really worked in corporate America. Um, and there were a lot of um, just self-doubt that I had. And um, I like, I, it was just, I just thought like, how am I going to do this? Like, I am, I am not, <laughs> this is not going to happen. Um, and I, I just remember thinking that, you know, none of this was going to be possible if God didn't pave the way and open the door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I had, um, a friend of mine was starting a business and asked me to come work. A friend of mine's husband was starting a business, asked me to come work for him. And he ended up being an extraordinarily difficult person to work with. And so there was a lot of lessons that I learned there and um, left that and then uh, started working with a gentleman and he and his wife were entrepreneurs and they were incredible and really ended up taking me kind of under their wing and really helping me see that the lies that I was believing were preventing me from moving forward. Um, and it was a very healing place to work and um, just still love them dearly. but. Uh, I left because I had an opportunity to work from home. So I stayed with them for like six years or seven years, I think. And uh, then there was a, in, I guess, 2013 or 14 or so, an opportunity to work from home. And a lot of people weren't working from home then. And so I kind of took a chance and I did it. But the season I was with them, I was a single parent. And the way they mentored me and allowed me to make mistakes and coached me through those mistakes and taught me how to laugh at myself and not take everything so seriously. Like the world was always falling, right? It's like, how am I going to pay these bills? And how am I going to get soccer on time? And how am I going to, you know, um, the challenges there um, left a marking, um, left a mark, a deep, deep mark. And, um, had some other friends that really left, um, and other just kind of acquaintances that really left an impact on me. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of single moms out there who don't have people pouring into their lives at a season in, in their lives when they are wearing all of the hats and stress is at an all time high and they're the bottom ones on the total pole, right? Everything else has to come before that. And, you know, it's, it seems almost cliche now, but it's the old adage, right? You got to put your oxygen mask on first. And what I learned during this period of time, I was a single parent and I had a one in elementary school, one in middle school and one in high school. 
was that uh, I wasn't caring for myself at all. And my stress was through the roof. And that impacted the decisions I was making. It impacted my relationships with my children and my external family. Uh, It impacted my relationship with my ex-husband because it became very, very, very uh, tense. And where like, I just, I mean, a lot of it was boundaries that need to be put up, but there was, there, there were also times where I was just like, I, I, I just couldn't handle all the things and he was completely unhelpful. And so through that period of time in my life, God really started speaking to me and I started doing a lot of growth and, um, personal development therapy, um, and have always had a heart for women who are going through what I went through, because I think my life would have been very different had I not had the opportunity to interact with some of the folks that I did. Mm. And I'll like, I'll never forget. I was, um, I had made a mistake at work and I was pretty new to working with this couple and my boss came up to me and was like, oh, hey, you did, you know, X, Y, Z next time. Let's do this instead. You know, just like a normal conversation. Like it was a difficult conversation. Um, but he just had it in such like an offhanded way that I didn't leave feeling completely shamed and bereft by the conversation. Yeah. I left the conversation feeling like, oh, okay. I see what I did there. I should have done X instead. Like it was no big deal, but it was just a learning experience. Yeah. Where previously, like with my ex-husband and the other gentleman I'd worked for, I would have walked away from those conversations completely ashamed Hmm. and um, like shut down and and, and able to move forward. Yeah. Um, And so I really want to encourage these single moms to be able to have these conversations in the workplace with their children. And to be able to take conversations, difficult conversations that are kind of coming their way in a different way, right? Because we have the power to choose how we interpret the conversation. Yeah. And some of these conversations were me really sort of the light turning on going, huh, I actually have, like, even if something hadn't been delivered well, I still have the power to say, okay, this is valid. This is valid. This is valid. However, the rest of this, that's not me. That's on you. Right. And it takes a lot of, and especially I think as a single mom, when we're, you know, we're all things to the school, we're all things to work, we're all things to our children, it becomes really, really, really challenging. And we end up absorbing everything and feeling like we're not enough. We're not doing a good enough job. And so just helping these women become uh, able to deal with their stress better. I got remarried, I guess, about nine years ago. And something that my, I call my new husband, but like, it's not new. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My new husband, we've been married for together for a decade, but, um, uh, has been incredibly supportive to me in this journey. And, um, when I, I came really, things kind of came to a head for me. I was taking care of my mother as she was passing and then also working full time in a very stressful job. And my stress had gotten so out of control um, that again, it was impacting all my relationships. And I started thinking, I cannot keep going this way. 
there is something wrong with me. I started saying like, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. There's something, everything made me frustrated or angry or, and that was the only emotion I was feeling, you know, anger and frustration. And, um, one day my husband comes to me and he says, are we okay? And I looked at him and I was like, yeah, we're okay. I'm not. Yeah. And he's like, quit your job. Quit. Just quit. We'll figure it out, but quit. You can't, I can't have you like this anymore. Hmm. This is not the woman. You are not the woman that I, I know and love. You are not okay. Quit. And somebody. Yeah. And over the last couple of years, um, I've found great joy working in contract positions. So I've worked with a lot of really interesting organizations doing different things. And God really started to press upon my heart that I needed to go and work with these single moms. And I do some volunteer work with a local organization that supports single moms. And uh, I was talking to one of the, I was talking to the founder and he's like, you know, I really think, um, uh, we need a podcast. Like they're like single moms. Are, they need a podcast. They need, they need some encouragement. And I love this organization so much, uh, and really believe in what they're doing. I was like, yeah, that's okay. I, I could totally do that. I coach single moms into a podcast for single moms, just to provide encouragement and a break from the mess and the chaos of what's in the world. You know, like you turn on the yeah. news, it's doom and gloom. And I'm like, I'm yeah. sorry. I was like, let's have some fun encouraging people. Um, But I also really have a passion for these organizations that are serving women. And so they're not just serving single moms, but a lot of them just serve women or single, single moms. Uh And I thought, you know, it'd be great to talk to them too, to see what are, what are they doing in the world? What kind of good are they doing to point other women to them who might need their services, but also as an opportunity to like, maybe you looking for a new place to, to give money or to volunteer. Yeah. Um, you know, just as a means of connection. Okay. So sort of a long-winded way to say that, um, I mean, my journey and what I'm doing now really was born out of my own personal experience. Like I think it is for a lot of us. Yeah. But also I feel like it's something that God has pressed upon me to do. And um, when I was like, sort of thinking about, you know, how we do, like we, oh, I'm not going to lump you into this because maybe you don't do this, but I do this. <laughs> um, you know, you have this thing and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. And you start to think about it and then reality sets in. Right. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, oh, well, it's going to be really, this can be complicated and there's going to be a lot of things involved and all the details. And then I will just let things go. Yeah. It just makes you stop. Yeah. This makes you stop. And there's actually a name for it. And there's a whole bell curve and it, it totally escapes my memory right the second <laughs> I was sitting in church and I was like, and I had this plan. I was like, okay, I have this contract that's ending in, um, at the end of April. Yeah. I think it ending at the end of April, the end of May, I can't remember. And it was like probably mid, mid March. And I was working this contract, doing some implementation for this organization. And I was sitting in church praying. And I felt like God said to me, stop running from what I called you to. Mm-hmm. And as it made me stop and I'm like, Oh no, 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 but God, I have a plan. So mm-hmm. like in May, I'm going to do this and this and this. And so I have a plan. So we're good. 
And uh, the next day um, I'm on a Zoom call and the organization that I'm working with, they're like, okay, well, we've decided to go ahead and change directions for this contract. And we're going to pay you out for the duration of the contract, but we're going to do, we're going to utilize like a different tool. So, so we don't need you for this. Oh, wow. Like, huh. <laughs> and I got off that call and I think previously, like I would have been like really upset, with it, but I was like, hmm. God told me to stop running from what he called me to. And me saying, oh, but I have a plan is still me running. Yeah. So he was like, no, no, I don't mean in a month from now. I mean, right now. Yeah. So, um, so that's what I'm doing. That's really cool. I love how God works in our lives. Just, you know, you just never know, right? You never know what's, what's going to happen or how it's going to happen. And so just trying to take the next step forward. Yeah, that's amazing. And I did, I love this question too, about what is positive intelligence? Mm -hmm. Like, I'd love for you to kind of share with your, your definition of that. (laughs) Um, so positive intelligence is actually, it's a methodology that was created by a coaching methodology created by Shirzad Shermain. Okay. And it's born out of a lot of, um, neuroscience research and sort of the way I've interpreted it, which I think they probably would say, that's not actually the definition, but this is how it lands for me is that positive intelligence is learning the intersection between how our thoughts fuel our emotions and our emotions fuel our behavior. Hmm. And our behavior fuels our stress. Yeah. So it's a way to interrupt that pattern by just really bringing yourself to like, where am I sitting right now? What is happening in this moment? Not this train wreck that's happening in my mind where my mind is racing and I'm thinking about all the what ifs and the worst case scenarios and how our mind just spins, but it's literally just a way to interrupt that thought process. And to allow our stress to like take a backseat. So it's an interrupt. It's like a, it's, it literally is like, it's a way to interrupt it and to allow you to be more present with the people that you're with and the conversations that you're having. And for me, what has happened is I went from being able to like, just only experiencing like anger and frustration and agitation to like, Oh, I'm experiencing curiosity and joy mm-hmm. and uh, empathy. And it's like stress had shut all of these emotions down for me. Yeah. To where now I'm like, oh, okay. When I have a better handle on the way I'm thinking about things and my stress, I actually feel more. Yeah. Positive intelligence for me is a way to kind of disrupt the pattern and to kind of just come back to like who you were created to be, right? We were created to be empathetic, compassionate, loving individuals, not only externally, but internally, right? Like we need to be compassionate to ourselves. Yes. Isn't doing any of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can see with your story where you're talking about how that boss had that discussion with you and then you had a new sort of new thoughts and feelings around it. That's what was happening, right? It was that, that positive intelligence 
process was happening in a way. It's interesting. I love the different like names for it. So I always say with my clients, it's like understanding that the meaning that your brain is attaching to the thing, right? Because the thing is neutral. Mm -hmm. Um, And really the meaning is the thought process and that thought process creates the emotion. And, you know, then you're in the little cycle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's such a beautiful way. And so I love it. I just think that that is really the beginning of starting to shift all of these things and working towards that inner peace that um, I'm talking about. So it's just another, another fun name for it. It is. It is. And I just think that the, what has been so fascinating to me, and I think you, I, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, I started just kind of taking all these courses. It's just the neuroscience behind it all. And I'm like, okay, we were created this way, right? So these processes that we have aren't necessarily, you know, they're not bad, right? Yeah. But, um, but we allow them to take over. Mm-hmm. And by using things that like, I know people get really weirded out by like breath work and mindfulness and all this stuff. And I think, well, those are just words that somebody has attached a really woo woo meaning to. And for some people that could mean, you know, like maybe Eastern spirituality or something. I'm like, yeah, but God created me with breath. Like he gave me my very breath. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't it be a tool in my tool belt to calm my mind, to calm my stress? Yes. I'm to like bring forth gratitude, right? <laughs> yeah. So I get really, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you have people like this in your life, but I have some people in my life who are like, oh, that's evil, like mindfulness. I'm like, but is it? I'm, I am so with you. So like one of my little mini soap boxes (laughs) that I'm always talking about is there is this thing, there's this thing within, I'm just going to say like the Christian community that anything that you do not understand, right. It's like the easiest thing is just to label it as evil and to just walk away from it. And I just feel like there's so many beautiful tools, especially within kind of like that Eastern medicine realm. Um, like much of my journey actually started in like essential oils and discovering, just discovering all that. And some people get all weirded out. And I'm like, wait a minute, if you believe in God and you believe that he created the world, that means that God created this and it like, it has scientifically proven properties that are helping your body And it's kind of, I'm just so with you on that. It's the same exact thing for all of these mindfulness neuroscience type of tools. Like where it's literally us understanding the way God created us and then tapping into the tools that he's made available. Like don't give so much power to everybody else to like. (laughs) Right. It bothers me too. It bother it bothers me too. I had um a good friend who's just like yoga is really bad. You should yeah. that's the one that was on my mind too. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like seriously like is for me this powerful. <laughs> literally, like it's an opportunity to practice gratitude that my body functions. Yes. Well, and I just have this thought always like, so you mean to tell me if I put my body in this position? That because somebody else made a meaning 
about that position of my body that I am now joining them in their meaning? Like, is really like is Satan this powerful that if I get into warrior one or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, that now I am suddenly worshiping something mm-hmm. else. I'm like, I don't think so. Like, I think that worship comes from my heart and my mind and my spirit, right? Like mm-hmm. that's a thing between me and God. And no matter what shape my body is in, <laughs> I don't really think it has the power to like break my connection with God. I don't know. Some of these lines of thinking, I, I actually feel like it's the enemy's way of keeping us from goodness and keeping us from healing because God created us to be just like you said, joyful, vibrant, loving people, not just on the outside, putting on that show, but a truly on the inside. And if we stay in these spots of being stressed and depressed and down, like who does that bring glory to? You know, it's like, we're not really glorifying God when we're that way. Like the enemy of our soul wants us to stay there. Exactly. Exactly. You got to stand up and like (laughs) unite and really, you know, I just feel like this is such an important thing. All of this stuff to just share. I love your perspective so much. I'm like there. Yes. We need to have so many more of us out into the world sharing this message. And I don't know, over the past year, I've really felt like it's especially within the Christian community because we look just like the world, right? As far as our stress and all of that stuff goes, it's like we really don't stand out as being any different. Our divorce rates, like all of that stuff, it's time to do something about it. (laughs) Exactly. And it has to start at home, right? It has to start with you. And then those things go out, which is so fascinating to me that it's like your the emotions that you are experiencing, the person that you are with will also experience those through mirror neurons. So the more negative you are, right? The more that that's rubbing off on somebody else. Yes. And it's just so, all of that is so interesting. I'm like, and God created this one. Mm-hmm. It's not interesting. It's not interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and it gives us really a lot more power, mm-hmm. right? Than we realize because that is how, I mean, for me, what, what you're describing right there in the mirror neurons is really the truth of how my whole marriage has changed is because I changed, yeah. right? And th- this is why I'm saying changing and shifting relationships, we get told that message, like it takes two, it takes two to make a relationship. And while there's some truth to it, there's also, it's kind of like a lie that you're buying into because if you do this work on your own Mm -hmm. like your whole your all of your relationships will begin to change because you have changed so much you know it's like inevitable (laughs) exactly exactly uh i love it so much i like i love it too and aaron it's like you were saying that i was just thinking yeah and all these single moms that i'm working with who and talking to who are may end up getting married or maybe in a relationship, they need to hear about the work that you're doing. Well, and here's the thing, the reason why, like I agree with you a thousand percent, but you know how you've had those um, 
girlfriends where it's like, oh, they're now with the same kind of guy again. And now they're with the same kind of guy again. And I think every single mom's biggest fear is now getting married and having children and repeating the pattern, right? Ending up, and and we see it everywhere how these, especially, it seems more often it's women, not to say it can't be men too, but these abusive patterns that you, like your conscious mind thinks you're not in it. And then next thing you know, boom, you're like back in it. And it's everything to do with this um, neuroscience piece of understanding how the subconscious mind works and how it gets programmed and how you're, you begin seeking out someone that's going to fulfill the program so that youth kind of stay stuck in the, the messaging. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm chuckling because I had a girlfriend. I just went out on like maybe three or four dates with this guy when I was dating and I, one of my girlfriends met him. And then later I said, so what did you think? And she goes, he's exactly like your ex-husband. And I went, oh, cause I didn't see it. Yeah. Didn't go out with him again. I was like, I do not want to repeat pattern. Yeah. Go. And then I was scared. I was like, oh God. <laughs> so I made a list and he like, this is, these are my deal breakers. Uh-huh. Like, this, I don't want this, you know, and yeah, it was funny. Um, you know, being that we're getting all of these messages from childhood, like it just makes me curious kind of when you were talking about the, the beginning of your story, like I'm thinking about 17 year old you, mm-hmm. I'm guessing that she felt like really unworthy and really like, um, I'm not enough. Like that, that was maybe something that somehow came out of your childhood. And so when you're talking about every time you'd have those conversations with different people that were sort of tough conversations, that's why it, it crushed you, right? That's why it was like, I'm now immovable. I can't go forward because your whole system got the confirmation Mm -hmm. of you are not worthy. You are not enough. Yeah right? Cause you, you messed up and it's, it's so cool. Cause you're using, you use that tool that what you're talking about, positive intelligence, it's that tool of the pattern interrupt, right? And it helped to start rewiring your subconscious programming to where it suddenly was possible yeah. to see that, you know, you were, you are enough and it's just some feedback of how to be better. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's so interesting. Like the um, have you done like a timeline exercise? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, done that a couple of times and I did a, um, reframing exercise that was really powerful and it made a huge impact. And I took that timeline and then I went through and I just like all of the things that I felt about myself at that time mm-hmm. and the messages that I was getting from someone else and went back through and was like, but what was the lesson? Mm. Who am I now because of this situation? How did this shape me? And that changed my perspective on so many things. Um, that it's like the, probably the number one thing that I tell people to go do. Yeah. 
Yeah, I do. It's called timeline therapy. And um, so it's it's a kind of under the umbrella of like hypnotherapy. Um, but that's what I do with a lot of my clients. And so it sounds like maybe what you're doing is actually sitting down and writing about it. Yeah. Um, but either way, we're asking our subconscious to engage with us and to bring all of that stuff up. So it is really valuable, especially the piece that's the most valuable is what you said is your perspective shifted, right? Because sometimes when we're going, um, therapy can be, be helpful, but it can also be detrimental. And it probably depends a lot on your therapist, but a lot of therapy gets focused on the past and it's not very like forward thinking. And I found myself for years just sort of like reliving the past over and over. But my perspective about the past was never changing in reliving it. And so it kept me stuck. And I think that's the defining difference right there of mm -hmm. when you're dealing with it, right? Mm -hmm. Like if nothing's pushing you to actually change your perspective about it, <laughs> it's well, not going to be very healing to keep talking about it. And I think what I really found in all of that is that it allowed me to become more forgiving. Mm. You know, those people that I'd been so angry with in my past that I was actually able to be, to like offer them empathy and compassion and forgiveness. Like, you know what? I am letting this go and I forgive you. Yeah. And they have never even known that I was, you know, so right. Cause that's on us, right. That's, those are the things totally. that we, hold. but it just allowed me to step into like, yeah. I'm good now. Like I forgive you for that hurt. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's really for you. Yeah. I yeah. feel like the forgiveness is. It absolutely is. Yeah. For you. We can think, trick ourselves into thinking it's something they want or need, but they're just yeah. living their best <laughs> life without you. <laughs> Probably don't even know. Right. Like that's yeah. the whole thing is like 90% of the times so I think people don't even realize that you're harboring something. Totally. Uh, that's so funny. Um, okay. I'm like, I just like, I wrote down all these little questions that I loved. Um, so if you're okay, we just, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love to just kind of hear from your perspective, how you see this work that you've been doing and not for a credit incredibly long time, right? Just right. God brought you to this shift. Um, how do you see that making an impact? Yeah. You know, um, it's funny that I'm working with a, a guy who's kind of putting my website together and doing some things. And he's like, Robin, so what do you want your reach to be? Or, or what do you, what do you, and I was like, look, if one person feels encouraged and feels like they, they have the power to change the next moment of their life, that's enough. Hmm. Yeah. Because that one person making that one change for themselves, it impacts their children. It impacts their work relationships. It impacts, you know, it's just this spider effect. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like it's, if I can help one mom learn to pause before she reacts and take that deep breath, and shift into response mode and curiosity instead of like my hair's on fire and I might, you know, <laughs> run screaming from the house because my family's making me crazy um, to shift into responding instead of reacting. Like yeah. that's enough. Yeah. Because it just, 
the way it, it impacts the unintentionally impacts the people around you is pretty powerful. I think. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that thought is that's not something that typically happens overnight. Um, and I think if we don't have the right tool, right, this is where you can kind of get frustrated with all of these ideas, Mm -hmm. like the power of positive thinking is really one of them that I think we've been, we sort of been sold, but without really the right tool set to do it. Um, or even like, there's that verse in the Bible about renewing your mind. Um, it's like, it is a very true principle, but the tools that we've been given at church don't always like work because usually they just tell you like, just pray more or like, just read the Bible to renew your mind. And that doesn't always work. You know, I'm not saying that God can't work that way, but I found it doesn't always work. So I'm curious, like if there's a single mom that was like just listening out there, what would you tell her as far as like the practical, like what's her practical first step, you know? First step is to offer herself some grace, right? It is about stepping into empathy and compassion for yourself. You are enough. You're not going to be perfect and you don't need to be. Your children don't need you to be perfect. Your boss doesn't need you to be perfect, regardless of whatever kind of crap they give you. They don't need you to be perfect. And so honestly, I think the first step is just to take that deep breath and to realize that you deserve the same kind of empathy and compassion that you would give to somebody else. And to stop in that and really sit and think, it's like, I am hard on myself and I don't need to be. Yeah. And to kind of implement like, so, um, with positive intelligence, they have these, this tool that they want you to use. And it's called, um, it's called a PQ rep. And literally all it is, is it's breathing for 90 minutes. 90 seconds, right? Like, so it's, it's just breathing. It's like literally feeling. So it's a bit of a mindfulness practice. I call them micro moments of mindfulness. Mm. And so it's like, okay, I'm sitting here. I'm in this meeting. How does my, how do my legs feel in the chair? Right. And it's taking the deep breath, recognizing my body's feeling stress. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So breathe, really pay attention to like one thing to allow your prefrontal cortex, right. To kick in Mm -hmm. amygdala to like calm down. It's like, thank you for the alert. You know? So, um, I think that's the first step is just to offer yourself empathy and compassion. Mm, I love that. Yes. Every mama needs this (laughs) and especially the ones that are doing it all on their own. Um, so I'm curious, I know that you point people towards your podcast, but do you also do like one-on-one coaching with women? I do. I have um, a six-week group coaching program, and then um, we'll also do one-on-one coaching based on that program. Okay. Yeah. And then do you, are you running the nonprofit or are you just working for a nonprofit? Running it. Running it. Wow. And where are you located, by the way? I forgot to I'm ask. Outside of Atlanta. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, in Georgia. Yeah. 
That is so cool. Um, I really, really just like, I just feel like I could sit and have coffee with you for hours. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in California, so it's a little bit farther, but I just love all of this. Like, I feel like we're so, um, we're so aligned in our mission of what we are trying to do for women in the world. And it really makes my heart happy. I literally have loved, loved, loved our conversation today. <laughs> I really, I'm like, can we schedule another one? Because I, I yes, think, we can. <laughs> yes, we can. We will do it again. Um, how can the women that are out there listening connect with you? Where can they find you? Yeah. So my website above, not beneath.org. Or you can find me on Instagram at above, not beneath coach. Awesome. Anything else you want to add then before we say goodbye? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Erin, for having me on your podcast. I am deeply appreciative and uh, grateful for the work that you're doing with women because it's necessary. Uh, Thank you so much. I hope God just richly, richly blesses you and everything you're doing. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're feeling blessed by the content here, the number one way you can show me is by leaving me a written review of the show. I'd be forever grateful knowing that you're out there listening helps me know that I'm truly living out God's purpose in my life. The other thing you can do is take a screenshot of this episode, share it with a friend, or better yet, tag me on your Instagram stories. Remember, you are seen, known, and loved. May God richly bless you today. All my love, Erin Jean.